and it's happened so many times yeah. to so many producers and it's just becoming like we're just beating a dead horse we're talking about the same thing over and over and on top of this continuously happening in our community number one no one's doing anything about it number two no one's really talking about it and number three everyone's fucking complaining about it what is going on guys welcome back to the kyle beats podcast we're here we're doing it if you haven't followed me on instagram yet make sure you go follow me at kyle beats i'm officially verified and i am at kyle beats now i switched it recently if you haven't followed me also go tag me in your story screenshot that you listen to this tag me in your story if you listen to the podcast i'll be dming pretty much everybody and i'll be reposting a bunch of them as well when this goes out uh today's podcast is with the one and only ill mind if you don't know who ill mind is then you should probably know who he is uh, i mean he's worked with literally everyone jay-z beyonce uh j cole everyone we talk about all of his placements and all the way the way he came up through g unit it was the first people who signed him and he has a crazy story we talk about a lot of good stuff not only in his world but in the producer community world wherever you're listening to this make sure you leave a review or whatever uh, in itunes or spotify or whatever you're listening to this on and yeah let's get it let's get into the episode with ill mind right now in three two one There's gotta be there's gotta be like an easier way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best way I found because this this website is like this quality is for audio, and like uh-huh. uh, just I'm in Boston, so it's just like I'm not. It's hard to. This is right. the best way I got of doing it right now. No, but good. we're here. Welcome back to the Kyle Beats podcast. We're here. We're back. We're doing it today on the podcast. We have the one and only. Grammy-winning producer, and much more. Ill mind. What's going on, yes, man? Yes, yes. What's up, Kyle? Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, appreciate you know. Appreciate the love. Um, we're here, man. We're here. We're finally here, dude. Let's get it, dude. So, like, um, basically, kind of how I like this pot. Let this podcast go. I try to make it like a free-flowing podcast rather than an interview. But since you're a first-time guest on here. In case people don't know your story, let's go through the background. Um, I know a lot about you, but I don't. I don't know if I know everything. So, like, take me back. Like, how did you get into? How did Illmind all start? How did this all get started? From where you started, from where you are today? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I don't think my story is like super crazy. I, I think it's very similar to a lot of people's. Um, but you know, basically, grew up in a musical household. My dad was. Uh, you know, musician, he played guitar. Um, growing up as a kid, I just always heard music from soul to hip hop to jazz to R&B, funk, disco. I mean, there was just always music around, music playing. And so naturally, as a kid growing up, I just became super fascinated with music and how it's created and, you know, um, what, it, what it takes to create music. So it, it turned from, you know, it, it, it started as a curiosity and turned into um, a hobby and then, and then eventually into a career. So um, eventually, you know, I 
just figured out how to make beats, you know, pretty much taught myself. Yeah. And uh and and went through a series of you know, different different things like hardware, software. Yeah, so what um, year was it when you like first that, so. when you first started learning how to make beats? I first honestly I first started I think really digging in like a lot, like really, really digging in probably around 2002. Yeah. So how did you, how did you go about teaching yourself? Cause there wasn't PlayStation, really. PlayStation bro. Really? <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation man. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that game. Uh, yeah. That one game. I've generator. never played it, but everyone's always talked about it. Yeah. So that was like, that was like a game changer for me. Cause at the time, you know, I couldn't afford like, a beat machine or, yeah. or like a computer even really so like i remember getting that game as a gift and just started fucking with it and i was like you know what this is this is uh this is super fun and i'm gonna keep doing this so that was it yeah it's crazy dude like even even when i was like i've always been into music and and, and coming up and i tried to hook up a midi keyboard in like 2008 or something and I just didn't figure it out. And then I was like, all right, well, can't figure it out. And then just gave up <laughs> and then didn't start making beats yeah. until like five years later. <clears throat> it's crazy. Like yeah. those barriers to, to, to learning how to do it were so much bigger, uh, especially when you were starting compared to they are now. Like someone can learn how to make beats in like six months on YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's so technology is so advanced now compared to back then. I mean, you know, there's no more excuses uh i i feel like at this point it, you know if if you can't get to the level of like making decent beats like at this point then then you have a lot you have a long way to go you know back then it was fucking super hard and super expensive yeah uh so yeah man we're we're it's, it's we're living in luxurious times now <laughs> uh how old are you now by the way I am uh, I am in my uh, mid to late thirties. Let's just put it there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm up there, man. Amazing. Um, and like, what do you think attracted you to like making beats? Do you think it was just when you first picked it up, you just fell in love with it, or, or what was it that kind of like attracted you to that whole thing? Just just hip hop, man. Like yeah. the 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 sound of drums and uh, the different textures and 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 like the musicality and, and and just the way that like music makes you feel uh i i was just always um fascinated by like why music makes you feel a certain way yeah and so like the idea that like i can create a piece of music that could potentially change someone's life or make someone feel a certain type of way or feel some kind of emotion like i really connected to that idea early on and so it just like became an addiction from there crazy and um how did you get into pro tools so i got into pro tools for those um, of you who don't know he used he, he makes beats on pro tools <clears throat> yeah man i make beats in pro tools i'm one of the, i'm one of the few out here really doing it in pro tools but basically I, I was kind of forced to 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 learn pro tools so one of my first uh, keyboards uh, was this keyboard called an ASR10 um, by a company called Ensonic, and and it was this keyboard back then that like Timbaland used, the Neptunes, Kanye, RZA, yeah. all these guys that I like came up to and like looked up to back then, uh, all used like the same keyboard. So obviously the obvious choice for me 
was like get a fucking ASR10 keyboard. So mm-hmm. I eventually got one, and uh, the, I I remember like I had no money. I remember saving up five hundred dollars, and I bought it used at a guitar center, and like the floppy disk drive was broken, so I wasn't um, able to save any of my beats. So I was like forced to track everything into Pro Tools. So at the time I had a computer and I had like this early version of Pro Tools and I was basically tracking all of my instruments in mono, by the way, (laughs) like one by one, you know, snare track, kick track, bass line, sample chops, synthesizers, whatever. And then in Pro Tools, I would have to line everything back up. And then from there, I kind of like learned the idea of like panning stuff left and right and adding reverb and and eventually like sequencing music on Pro Tools. So, you know, I, I've been using Pro Tools for a long time, but in 2010, that was the year that I decided to just produce in Pro Tools. So one day I was like, you know what, let me just try to just make a full beat in Pro Tools, like with the MIDI and everything. Yeah. And I, I ended up loving it. And like from there, I just kept going. And, and so now I'm, I'm just still using Pro Tools. Have you ever thought about like switching to another DAW to make beats or anything like that? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I've tried everything. Uh, you know, I fucked yeah. with FL, I fucked with Ableton, Logic, Reason, um, but none of them give me the same feel that I get when I use Pro Tools. Uh, you know, and that's just a preference thing. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Those, my my brain my brain is wired to um, to to like really really be able to maneuver in Pro Tools just because like the way that I approach making beats and making music is like kind of a little left of center for compared to most people um and so pro tools just gives me that freedom to to create in the way that i want to create so um i never really like switched over how do you feel about everyone's always been telling me to go to pro because i know pro tools like it's like the kind of like the industry standard of recording vocals um and like I, I make beats on FL Studio, I mix everything on FL Studio. I'm like a FL Studio wizard. I hate switching to other things, and so I've been like working on my own songs and recording vocals in FL Studio and mixing it down, mastering it with mostly stock plugins for mixing. Um, what's your What's your opinion on that? Do you think it matters or? Yeah, um, I think in terms of recording vocals and, and mixing vocals, I think that it really honestly doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I you know, when I record vocals into Pro Tools, I'm like literally still using like some of the same templates that I've used like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but my my default compressor for vocals is the the DYN3 compressor that like comes with Pro Tools. Yeah. <clears throat> I still I still use that. Um, I still use like the 7 band Pro Tools um, EQ um the the default pro tools like DSer i still use so you know a lot of the shit i use is still stock as well yeah. um but on top of all that stuff um there there's some other shit that that's like at, like really really wild that i fuck with too like um i love the isotope stuff i love fab filter um i love uh i mean, I mean there's so many there, yeah, there's I so need many to switch the fab plugins. filter instead of yeah, fat filter is great. I mean, I mean, I'm a go- I'm like an ozone guy. Yeah. Um, but again, like, there's no right or wrong. I think, uh, for obvious reasons, it comes down to what you do with it. So and like trusting your ears. So. Yeah. So you've had a lot of success in the industry, in the quote unquote industry. Uh, you've worked with Drake, Beyonce, Jay Z, Kendrick, 
many, many more names, huge placements. What do you think makes it like you really put in an effort that I've noticed to kind of create your personal brand? You do the pass to ox, you're on social media, on all social medias, you're doing a podcast, you're doing this, you're willing to come on my podcast with my producer influence. What do you think it is that makes you like, why, why do you make that effort if you've already had the success in the industry to create that personal brand? Boredom. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boredom and, and not in a negative way, but, but, but it's a combination of it boredom up. and also um, this need and want and desire to fulfill um, every every goal that I set my mind to. I mean, it's almost like itching a scratch. I mean, I have all these different scratches that I want to itch, uh, you know, and I've always wanted to itch the, the podcast, yeah. you know, scratch, with, which, which was back in 2011 when people were like, what the fuck is a podcast, <laughs> you know? And shout to my guy, um, Combat Jack, Reggie, um, rest in peace, who to me is the grandfather of um, of hip hop podcasts, but even podcasting in general, um, he had a podcast back in two thousand nine, um, and they used to have an office called PNC Radio. Shout out to my man A King um, out here in Brooklyn, and 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 this was literally again when when no one had podcasts, and uh, I remember being a guest on his podcast, and he was like, "You should start your own podcast, mm. the production one." And I was like, "You know what? I might, I will. Why don't I? Fuck it. This is cool." And uh, and so I did, and and it was called Blap on the Radio. Um, so you know, throughout the years, I would say since uh, 2011, that was sort of the year that kind of kicked off all this extra stuff that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and and mind you, in 2011, I, I I still had like four or five years under my belt as a producer. I mean, I wasn't nearly as big as I am now. Um, I was very much underground, but I, I really just wanted to explore and try different things. So 2011, 2012, that was when I started my podcast. Um, that was also when I released my first drum kit, mm -hmm. um, called Black Kids Volume 1, which again, at the time was uh, 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 very frowned upon. It was a time when no one was really releasing drum kits. Drum kits weren't even a thing at that time. Yeah. And so uh, I, I wanted to try something different, so I did that. Uh, and then uh, I was at that time I was also doing these like producer meetups, these live events called uh, called Black Beats Love Alcohol Party. Um, and the first one I did was actually 2010, I think, or it might even might have even been 09. But uh, we started doing that. So all these different different things that I'm doing currently and that I've done in the past, uh, if you notice, like all of those things are centered around like the music producer community. Mm -hmm. And I think I think um, my motivation behind that is because number one, I know what it's like to be an aspiring music producer and not have any community and not know um, where to go in terms of like to connect with like-minded people. And number two, I just genuinely enjoy being around other people that are like me, yeah. um, people that are you know not really not really into other outside things except for you know making beats all day creating music you know uh being fascinated with like sound and sound design and audio engineering and 
and, and musicianship. And, and those are all qualities of people that I enjoy being around. And so that's the motivation behind wanting to do Pass the Aux producer meetups, wanting to do a weekly podcast, wanting to release drum kits, and, and just everything that involves the producer community like i'm, I'm gonna be all for that so. yeah yeah i mean that was a big part i mean <clears throat> for me a little bit of backstory i know you probably don't know too much about me but uh like three years ago i was i'm 20 how old am i 27 right now so three years ago almost, 27 feels old right <laughs> i don't even know dude like <laughs> <clears throat> I remember pushing thirty and being like, "I'm old as fuck." Yeah, I feel like once, once, once you hit twenty-eight, you're you're very close to thirty. Twenty-seven's like the, twenty-seven's like the weird in between for me. Um, totally. But like three years ago, almost four years ago now, uh, probably three and a half years ago, I moved to Florida. I was a college athlete. I was always an entrepreneur, but kind of just played soccer and just did whatever in college. Got out of college, started like a couple startup companies just got like investments it was like a website it was when apps were coming big so like we partnered mm-hmm. with some kid got like a hundred thousand dollar investment whatever did that for a year kind of just tanked kind of like the, the classic stuff that gary v always talks about just kind of just happened <laughs> and then yep. from there I've, I've always been making beats on and off um three years ago i saw that producers were making money selling beats and it was just becoming more public that people were making Taz, you know, Taz Taylor, he was doing, mm-hmm. he was doing vlogs where he was like literally showing how much money he was making, how much money he made that month or whatever. So I was like, all right, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm going all in on this. I've been making beats for three years. I'm going all in, started just hustling on, on Instagram, selling beats. Eventually over the course of the next year, ended up making a thousand dollars a week. And then I started this channel but i was gonna say from my whole reason for telling that story is like a big part for me from from getting out of that like i'm about to go broke depression what the fuck is my life purpose i'm 23 i moved to florida just like what the heck student loans are kicking in a big part of like getting out of that depression was just like was just like having like a purpose of i'm part of this community i unfollowed everyone on twitter instagram just follow producers and mm-hmm. just fall, just subscribe to only people who just posting beats and just every day I would just wake up and make beats and figure out how to sell it and just kind of gave me a purpose and uh, yeah I feel like that's one of the bigger passions behind uh, what I'm doing too is just kind of helping people just get clarity as I find like as I continue yep. to find my purpose just just giving people more clarity and just people that aren't gonna just maybe they're not listening to fucking Gary Vee or listening to the whoever is talking. For me, it was like Will Smith and like Jim Carrey fucking graduation yeah. speeches and stuff like that is what kind of like yeah. helped me like kind of look at it a different way. Um, yeah, it's great. And listen, what you're doing is amazing too. Like, you know, you're, you're creating um, like an eco, a small ecosystem or, I mean, not small, but just you're creating another ecosystem of, music producers that have similar interests and you're you're putting everyone together and you're creating content around it you're inspiring people um you know it it, it's it's an incredible thing man i I really i really dig it thank you man yeah and and i think it's dope too that someone like you is making that effort to um help be a part of that community and like do the tours and, and do the past the ox tour and do the 
do the podcast and do all the social media stuff and stuff like that. What do you, what do you think your big goal is now after, um, winning Grammys, working with pretty much everyone <laughs> and as a producer, like, what do you think your goal is right now moving forward? Man, you know what? Um, th- th- things evolve and change every year. Yeah. Um, I- I'm consistently running through a million ideas in my head and and the motivation for my decision making is always number one is what i'm about to do going to help people and number two is what i'm about to do going to be fucking fun Mm -hmm. and those are the only two real criteria for any decision i make um you know obviously 99.9 percent of those decisions are rooted in something music related whether it's producing music or releasing my own project so that's sort of like the open-ended kind of general answer but more, more specifically you know I really what I see in the future is, is like more of what I'm already doing and 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 some other sort of like innovative ways to express myself creatively um, Obviously, I, I see all of that stuff being rooted in music still, but, you know, so that being said, it's, you know, more, obviously more placements, more music. Um, I, I've really, I've really been putting a lot of energy into um, artist development lately. So, you know, I'm working on, on developing artists, breaking artists, mm-hmm. um, releasing my own music, which I haven't really announced yet at all. But um, you, you guys are definitely going to see um, some Ill Mind release music coming like very soon. With your own vocals um, and stuff I, on it? No, no, no vocals on me. It's really just me producing yeah. um, different people. Um, oh, yeah, know, yeah. Kind of, kind of like Calvin Harris, Khaled style. Uh, um, but, you know, not what you guys expect. And uh, I, I've, been <clears throat> I've been really hard at work doing kind of that kind of stuff for the past few years. Um, so I'm just going to start unleashing a bunch of music very soon um so some of that stuff more past the aux stuff i just announced um that i'm going to start doing past the aux online um so it's called the past the aux online experience so it's basically the same thing except you log into a video chat room um through zoom and uh so if you see the schedule of my past the aux appearances and you're like fuck i don't see my city I live all the way in like Brazil or like Japan somewhere, which by the way, we're going to be going to Japan next year. But um, if you feel like you live in the middle of nowhere and you're a producer and you want to, you want to experience past the aux, um, we're going to start doing it online. So, you know, obviously if you go to my website, you'll see tickets are up now for that. Um, and then, you know, more stuff with my club, Illmind Platinum Club. Um, the, the, the memberships are growing, man. And, and I see a lot of talent in there. Um, so, you know, again, a little bit, a little bit of everything, you know, more, more, uh, more songs, more music, uh, hopefully more Grammys, uh, more, more, uh, more growth, you know? And, and the funny thing is, you know, even with all these accolades that I have, I, every day I wake up, I still feel like i'm just starting you know yeah, every day is like i wake up i'm like i wake up i'm like this can all go away tomorrow so like let me make the best of today do you think that that's you know? a good and thing so, or a bad thing <laughs> i think i think with balance and discipline it's, it could be an incredible thing yeah you know you want to because you have to have it but you can't it. let it run your life 
you can't let it run your life. I mean, you know, you, you want to embrace your accolades and not be shameful to accept and embrace your wins. Um, but then uh, in the same breath, you also want to um, be mindful of the fact that there's so much more music you can make, so much yeah. more to do, um, and, but not allow for that to turn into like an addiction that will negatively impact you. You know, everything for me is about positive impact. You know, if I if I embrace, li- listen, like like on some real shit, like of course I understand my position. Like I'm I'm a Grammy winner. I have all these plaques. I've worked with damn near everybody. You know, I'm like. I'm super well off financially. I'm super respected in the industry. Like I understand that stuff, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't use that as like leverage to like take advantage of people or use that to like make myself believe that like I'm better than anyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So I want to talk yeah. about some of the financial stuff and how important um, that stuff is as a producer, as as a entrepreneur, etc. So the other day you tweeted this, <laughs> got a couple hmm. of placements or Uh-oh. a plaque or two, and you think you're too cool to show love <clears throat> back to people because you spent one third of your whole pub deal on a watch and didn't even pay your taxes yet, thinking you get to keep the whole nut, then try to drop a splice kit because you broke. I favorited <laughs> it because I, yeah. um, I don't know if the word is I, I agree or like I... I, I know what you're saying, but kind of explain mm-hmm. explain your thought behind that. And I want to talk about like the fi- financial stuff. This is something that I always kind of talk about too. Is like, um, like I, I'm making a lot of money now on YouTube, but I still like I listen to people like what you're saying and what what successful people are say. And it's like I still drive a 2010 Toyota Corolla, the car that I bought when I had no money in the mm-hmm. bank with, from zero money down, like, and. Um, I think that stuff is important because yeah, there's a lot of people that always they sign deals and then things get fucked up and then they go oh don't don't sign a deal or whatever like that and it's just it just seems like um, it's it's once the dollar signs are in your face it's hard to just like stay keep disciplined and and trust the process and and uh, but yeah right yeah I mean the 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 thinking behind the tweet was really I mean num- the first thing behind it was. The, the the fact that I just wanted to shock people yeah. first, um, and I wanted to shock the, the 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 people and the community because this is a conversation that we've been having for the past 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, this stigma of you get a big placement or you get a couple plaques, you sign a big publishing deal, and then you go broke after six months or four months or twelve months or two years. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's happened so many times yeah. to so many producers and it's just becoming like we're just beating a dead horse we're talking about the same thing over and over and on top of this continuously happening in our community number one no one's doing anything about it number two no one's really talking about it and number three everyone's fucking complaining about it Yeah. oh like publishing deals and MDRCs and like how do I make more money as a producer so you know, there's this like really, there's this stigma attached to being a, an industry producer where you sign like a publishing deal and all of a sudden you're rich. And when when you're an upcoming producer and you think that your life will change, sure, $150,000 is life-changing money 
for anyone, right? For most people, especially if you worked a day job or never have never seen that much money in your account ever in your life, that's life-changing money. And nine times out of ten, you know, if you're a new producer without representation, you're not going to know what to do with that money. You don't understand that you have to pay taxes. You don't understand that you're in a new tax bracket. Yeah. You don't understand that there's fees behind that and most likely some kind of attorney that's either working with a, a retainer or getting 5-10% of that, that entire pay. And then all of a sudden you're left um, broke, you know? So I want I wanted to shock people with that and just start creating some conversation, conversation around it. Yeah. You know, and that's my whole intention. So, so what do you think that. is the best way uh, for a producer <clears throat> to go about everything? Because it seems for me, like for me personally, I don't even send beats to people like my homies that are artists that, that are just going to give me the exclusive money straight up or I know are going to give me the splits and all that stuff. Uh, like it always seems like you hear the story, the producer got this big placement. I, it's it's eight years later and I still haven't got paid for it. I got this small ass pub deal, took it, the money's gone, blah, 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 blah. I have all these places I'm not getting paid for. What do you think is the best way to go about everything and like kind of like keep that ownership or or, ha or have like financial right. success? Uh, right, I think there's two, there's two easy, quick things you can do immediately to avoid that. The first thing is to read the book all you need to know about the music industry written by Donald Passman. Um, if you haven't read that book front to back, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, I, I believe you can also download a digital PDF of that book um, as well, probably on Amazon or something. Mm -hmm. So Donald Passman, all you need to know about the music industry. Make sure you, you read the most recent version of that. Um, it'll break down publishing and how all that stuff works. So that's step number one is educate yourself. Step number two, which is probably the most crucial, is to have a good attorney. Um, yeah. If you're if you're gonna sign any type of paperwork without an attorney present or without an attorney to review that contract before you sign it, then you're in trouble. Um, you know, no one no no one should sign a deal um, that bad unless you have an attorney you know the first draft of any contract you receive in the music industry whether it's a publishing contract you're a producer or a label contract whatever it is that first draft that they give you is always going to be the most shitty um it's it's going to be um a lopsided uh, the terms are going to be to their interest only yeah. and not yours and if you sign that first uh contract without any revisions or red lines you're going to get fucked and you need the only way you can redline that contract is with an attorney so again step number two is to get an attorney so i think the million dollar question is how do i get an attorney well it's it's uh i think to to me it's a combination of like knowing people asking around um but then also if you have a big placement um under your belt that you're currently negotiating there, there's a good amount of attorneys out there who are willing to work for a percentage to represent you on your behalf um, for that transaction, especially if it's a big placement, even if it's like an album cut or something, you know, um, there, there's attorneys out there that you can build with who are open to that. So in terms of finding them, 
I mean, again, networking, go online and, and, and look for them on Twitter, look for them on Instagram, shoot them a DM, you know what I mean? Look on the album credits. You know, a lot of times when you look at the credits on the albums, sometimes it'll show you a list of people that are involved in uh, in the creation of those songs. And sometimes you, you see the attorneys um, that, that are listed on there too. So then you can do some research on that as well. So, um, so why does it's going to take some work. Why does uh why does Russ always say not to give your lawyer five percent? Well, he's right. He's correct on the not five percent thing. If you are negotiating a a big contract, yeah. Um, but for some people, they don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, um, if you let's say you get a big placement on Rihanna's album, and you're a brand new producer, you have no placements. Let's say you go to a conference, A three C, and you meet a really good attorney who um, who you could potentially hire to uh, help you negotiate this contract with Rihanna. Let's say the contract involves uh, a payment of $100,000, right? Mm -hmm. The attorney is going to come in and, first of all, they're going to know that you don't have any leverage because you're not going to sign that contract without an attorney. And if you do, you're an idiot. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. So that being said, the attorney is going to say, well, there's one of two things. Either I could work for you at an hourly rate with a retainer, or I'm going to ask you for a percentage. And if I take a percentage of this, I'm going to want to negotiate a higher number for you so that we can all get paid more. Yeah. Um, so Russ is correct in terms of... But if you're broke, if you, you can't hire, pay a lawyer. <laughs> if you're broke, what are you going to do? I mean, they say, okay, if you don't want to give me 5%, then I need $500 per hour. And yeah. if you can't afford that, then you have no choice. So Russ is absolutely correct in terms of if you want to save money, if you can afford to pay an attorney to pay for them hourly, do it. Yeah. But if you can't, you kind of have no choice but to give them a percentage. Yeah, I think a big part of it too mm -hmm. is uh, is 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 like kind of having patience, I guess, and just kind of trusting where you're going because there is no like like you you just told me with all these with all these people you've worked with and all the things you've done and all the money you made and whatever, like you still wake up and go, okay, what's next? I think once people, the quicker people can kind of realize that the quicker, like if someone offered me a fucking anything right now to do with any kind of shit deal or a hundred thousand dollar pub deal or whatever, like, I just don't care just because I've mm -hmm. been through enough of different scenarios, whether it was companies or whether it was this producing thing or or just like my story leading up to where it is now, I kind of just been like, all right, well, I thought this was going to be some crazy moment and it wasn't. And then this, and then you, then I look at other people and learn from other people. And then you kind of just have that. You're, you're going to be like, all right, well, when I'm 40 years old, I'm going to be like, I'm going to feel like the same type of way. You know what I mean? I'm going to feel like, oh man, I can't wait till blah, blah, blah happens. And you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. I think patience is definitely a big part of that too. Do you think that that's Asians why, like, do you think that's why, like, a lot of, like, uh, 18-year-old kids and stuff like that are usually the ones that are signing these, signing these deals and then regretting it when they're 21 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that has something to do with it. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're young and you're broke and you're new, there's, there's, there's experienced people in the industry that are ready and willing to take full advantage yeah. of it. <laughs> And, and and listen, that, you know, is that is that like a bad thing? I mean, from a human level, yes, of course that's a bad thing. But 
from from a business perspective and from just a life perspective it's almost like being an intern like listen you're the fucking new kid on the block and you're trying to like turn this into a career um if you don't know what you're doing you will be taken advantage of and you know there there, it's it's again it's similar to like being an intern you know you're gonna your people are gonna look at you like you're gonna have to grab coffee and like you know um prove yourself and 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 like earn your stripes you know all that stuff is valid um but when you're when you're young you're you're more vulnerable so yeah that, that's why it's really important to to do your research um try to try to gain as much knowledge as possible read that book i told you guys about and um and just be mindful what was your uh first big placement or song or that kind of like <clears throat> got you into the industry or got you in the door or got you was did you did you did you sign a pub deal when you were young or yeah so um so for me it was it was kind of like a multitude of milestones so the very first 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 sort of like life-changing or the thing that changed my life the life-changing moment um for me was when i signed a management deal with gmunit uh, back in 2006 mm-hmm. so that was 2006 was that's crazy me like you know in mom's basement trying to figure it out and um eventually i signed a management deal with gunit those guys found me reached out to me and uh, i remember they they handed me like a wad of cash <laughs> and, uh, and and i took that cash and like moved out of my my mom's crib and and got myself like a ridiculous apartment that i definitely couldn't afford at the time yeah. but i did anyway so I was that kid again. I was like that kid who was like young and dumb and just like fucking around. Um, and uh, so I, uh, I did that, and uh, that that was like the first sort of like moment for me that like pushed me forward. Yeah. Um, but then you know I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, it was you know I got uh, I signed like a really bad publishing deal in 2010 because mm-hmm. um, I needed the money. And, uh, and that was, you know, a learning lesson for me. Uh, but then another life changing moment for me was the, the, this was probably the like main sort of like turning point for me was, uh, 2012, uh, when I produced a record on, on Kanye's Cruel Summer album, um, uh, called The Morning. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was like the real turning point for yeah. my career. So like 2012 was like the big year for me. That's crazy. What do you think you accredit your like longevity to? Because there's a lot of people, especially now, just because of how fast everything moves, that <clears throat> they're in this year and next year they're out. What do you What do you think you accredit your? Because I feel like you've stayed true to your sound. Like I think you've updated you've updated your stuff, but I feel like you kind of have stayed true to your sound without um, trying to be like, all right, what's what's hot? Let's make these type of beats now. You know what I mean? What do you think right. you credit your um, that longevity to? You know, man, um, being curious yeah. is probably the 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 number one reason why I've been able to um, to have longevity and continue to have longevity. I, be, being curious is like the the stepping stone to everything else. You know, mm. like I'll, I'll give you an example: the the Disney record that I produced on the Moana soundtrack, um, You're Welcome. Uh, that was super outside of the box for me. 
but what a lot of people don't know so i did that song in 2000 i think it was 2016 i didn't know that at all um yeah and so um that record never would have happened if i wasn't experimenting with producing pop music from 2011 to like 2014 Mm -hmm. like I, i remember like 2011 to 2014 was when i was really stepping outside of the box i was really challenging myself producing pop music working with songwriters like those were the years that i was really like gaining my experience as like a a co-writer um you know creating bridges and and pop music and just like thinking outside of the box and and what i did in those years armed me with the skills to be able to produce a record for disney um years later so um, but that and that started with a curiosity, you know, um, around 2010. That was when like the Black Eyed Peas were big. That was when it was like Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. Black Eyed Peas. Um, who else was big around that? Britney was still big. You know what I mean? Like music was at this like really weird kind of transition. Um, and this was like right when Drake was just starting yep. to blow up. Right. And so the sound was evolving. And um, I was just curious about it. It wasn't anything about like, oh, I need to like continue to just produce hip hop or mm-hmm. only do boom bap or only do trap or or whatever. So for, for me, the curiosity is what keeps me going. And, and the fact that I continue to be curious is, is I think why um, I'm gonna be able to just sustain a long career because I'm always just gonna appreciate the, the whatever is happening now and be curious enough to just try it and contribute to it and do my own version of it and and kind of see where it goes. So I think that's a big big part. Do you consider do you consider yourself like an entrepreneur? Cuz for me I always call myself a creative entrepreneur. Like I I love business. I love cr- creating little ideas and businesses like that that same curiosity is kind of there. <clears throat> um but it has to be around something creative. Like I can't just run some random company or start some random thing that i'm not passionate about because i'll just give up it has to be around music or like videos like i'm big into like just making videos and stuff like that i'm doing a podcast right now it's got to be uh do, do you consider yourself like having that entrepreneurial spirit along with that curiosity yeah yeah i think i do man um i think there's this like perfect balance between yeah being creative and then having business sense and i think if you can master the balance of those two you could you could take advantage of both worlds and really just become what you want to become right and it's really all preference at the end of the day like i wouldn't recommend going into um entrepreneurialism and business if that doesn't excite you Mm. you know i think uh, too many people are getting into entrepreneurialism because it's like the cool thing to do um, and I think on the flip side, there's people out there that are that are doing music and being creative because it's like also the cool thing yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think it's it's all good for you to experiment and like learn that about yourself and try different things to, to kind of figure out like where you fit in and what you enjoy. For me personally, though, I just so happen to be passionate at both. Um, I just so happen to be very, very excited about being super creative and being like this music producer, which is like first and foremost, like what I am. Like yeah. I, I consider myself a creative first. Yeah. I'm always going to be a music producer first. 
Um, all the other stuff comes second, and but I just so happen to also be passionate about that. That's why um, scratching you know, the I'm, itch. I'm into. Yeah, man, I'm scratching the itch. I'm into like I'm fascinated by like packaging a digital product um, and pricing it at twenty five dollars and seeing where I can scale it. Um, how to creatively package that up and, and tell that story for the consumer to, to to look into that story and relate to that story, you know. So, um, and, and when you when you look at different businesses, even corporations or even entrepreneurs, the, they might be good at business, but the thing that they're lacking is the creativity mm-hmm. and the and the um, and that like creative spirit, right? That's yeah. why you have corporations that are like sponsoring you know artists and creative people to like get to the people yeah so if you can master both in some kind of way and like have this like delicate balance between both then um i I think you can do great things um fuck what was i gonna say before i forgot um that's your creative brain going (laughs) dude my during these podcasts dude like (laughs) it's like i just don't i don't want to interrupt people and then it's just like you say this and then i and then i think this thing and then you say the next thing and i'm like oh like my brain is just constantly going welcome to my welcome to my (laughs) world man fuck it was good but um take me through the 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 love yours placement you said in an interview it was your biggest placement or your, I forget the words you used, but it was something that changed your life, the J. Cole placement. Um, tell me kind of how that happened and what went behind all that. Yeah, so um, I produced the song Love Yours on Forest Hills Drive for J. Cole. And, and the short version of how that came about, I, I'm going to trace, when, when people ask me about placements, um, I always like to trace it back to that first moment or that first person that connected the dots and connected me to J. Cole. Mm -hmm. And uh, that person would be um, uh, this guy named Matt. Um, He goes by Money Making Matt. So in uh, 2012, I want to say, 2012, like I said, that was the year that I did the Kanye record. Yeah. And uh, that was the same year that I had met this guy, Matt, who at the time was working um, as a publisher. He worked for Universal Music Publishing, UM, UM, was it? UMG. And um, I, he had a li- he had some interest in, in offering me a publishing deal there. Um, but I obviously ended up not signing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also coincidentally like a huge Sky Zoo fan. Um, so he was already a fan of like my music. So we kept in touch since I met him. And then fast forward to, uh, I want to say late 2013 or early 2014, um, Matt hit me up and he was like, hey, um, I don't work at Universal anymore, um, but I work for J. Cole now. Um, if you have any beats, send them over. So I sent him like a batch of 10 beats. And uh, he called me like, you know, a couple months later after I sent them. And he was like, yo, there's this one beat Cole really likes. Hold it for me. And then I was like, yeah, of course. So then then uh, a couple weeks after that, I ended up flying to L.A. And uh, I met up with Matt, got invited to, to Cole's um, uh, place, which was basically this like uh, this. Uh, 
Airbnb. I think it was like an Airbnb that he yeah. rented with a studio um, where he recorded the whole album. Wow. So I pulled up there and uh, and I met Cole for the first time. And uh, he was a big fan already. He was like, yo, I love the shit you're doing with you know this person. And he was like naming records. Uh, and then he was like, yo, but I got this one song I started called Love Yours. And so he played me like the hook. And uh, once I heard it, I was like, yo, this this is a classic, classic, classic record. Um, and so we finished it that day. And uh, and that was it. The rest was history. So That's crazy. How important do you think it is to like be in the studio with someone versus just like sending them beats? I think you can do both. I, I, being in the studio with someone is is the goal. I think you want to. You want to always try to be in the studio with someone. Yeah. Um, but if you can't, if you can't, there's nothing wrong with not being in the studio. You know, and and, and there's so many different reasons behind it. You know, um, sometimes artists are in the studio and they don't want to be with the producer and they know what they want to do, and yeah. they're like, just send me a pack, and it <laughs> just makes it easier for everybody. Um, but then other other times, you want to be in the room. You know, some artists want to cook from scratch. Sometimes you want to be in there to build with them and get to know each other. So um, I'm I'm a huge fan of being in the studio with people, but uh, I'm I'm not gonna like um, put my foot down uh, necessarily if like an artist hits me up and says, "Yo, just send me a pack." Um, I, I'm willing to do that too. So I I think it's important to try to do both. Um. Do you do a lot of like post production on songs? Like someone records and then you go back in, maybe change something up with a beat or or take something out or whatever, whatever. Do you do a lot of that with vocals? I do. I do a lot of post production. Yeah. Um, especially with uh, the pop stuff that I do and working with songwriters, singers, stuff like that. When I'm working with rappers, I don't do that as much mm -hmm. because uh, a lot of my, I hate to say, but like a lot of my rap beats are um I, li I like to format them already to where they're like pretty much finished yeah so there's not that much more to do except for like drops and stuff here and there um but when it comes to like more complex music like r&b or pop or something like that then yeah i'll, I'll go crazy on the post-production what do you think the sure. difference is just like all the crazy bridges and stuff and like outros and what do you think the difference is yeah 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 the formatting the the the, the vocal arrangements, the layers, um, you know, you have different harmonies in there, uh, bridges. I mean, even though nowadays people aren't really doing bridges, I still like fucking with bridges sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's just more complex and, and just takes a little bit more time. So, uh, you know, the post-production is important. Yeah, I think this is, I think this is so, uh, there's so much shit out there now. Like, there's so much music. Like, dude, it's fucking crazy, bro. Like, um, the fact that like there's so many artists and, and and people out there now that have just done stuff on social media or whatever maybe just spotify and they're they have like hundreds of thousands of spotify listeners and they're just making a living off of streams with no mm -hmm. anything no label no not no nothing no team i think it's amazing it's it's amazing i think it's amazing it's crazy it's really amazing um mm -hmm. that's like something i'm working on too but i was gonna say like post-production for me when I'm, I'm trying to like make songs and stuff right now i have four of them out is like everything like <laughs> i can't even imagine mm -hmm. make just as as much as i sold beats on the internet i can't imagine buying a, buying a beat recording a whole song out of it and then putting it out without post-production no you got you gotta dig into it man it's like uh 
it's like it's like building a car and then like not polishing it before you put it on the lot. Yeah, <laughs> like you got to go in there and you got to go in there and like dig in, man. Is there uh, like how much of a perfectionist are you? Like when do you know when something's done? That's oh, that's a problem. Like, I'm so yeah. I'm I'm so not a perfectionist, bro. Really? Like it's a good yeah, way to be. Man. Though. Like I uh, <clears throat> I've created this habit of trusting my instinct and committing to my instinct really yeah. early. Uh, and, and that's helped me tremendously, bro. Like, yeah. I remember in the beginning, I used to kind of be a perfectionist, like maybe I should try this or, or, or like, this is not good enough or, and then, and then you sort of, you know, like you, you just, you just be hard on, you become like too hard on yourself. Um, so, you know, I, again, I don't think there's anything like wrong with that. Um, Obviously, an example of a perfectionist who's like highly successful is Kanye West, you know, mm-hmm. um, who will do a hundred different versions of one song and then end up, you know, Crazy. just using one of them. Right. Um, which is which is great. You know, so I think, again, <laughs> it's so preference. It, it's, it's crazy. Right. I, I think I think, again, it's like preference, but also having the the skill set to trust your instinct um but i think also taste level has a lot to do with it too because you can have like quick um instinct or you could um be a perfectionist but like if your taste level is terrible and you don't know what sounds good or what doesn't then like it doesn't matter what you do what do you mean by taste level just knowing what sounds good yeah having a developed ear yeah you know Um, yeah developing your ear is huge that's why everyone when they first start making beats they think all their beats are amazing when they're not (laughs) yeah like developing that ear is actually like such a huge that's why i struggle when people ask me uh uh, questions especially because i've answered every single one of them many times over and over because like usually a big part of it is it's just continuing going in and opening up whatever you're using to make beats and just making another one <laughs> and just doing that yep. over time until you until you develop your ear um that's it repetition yeah how many like do you, do you ever have like how many beasts do you make in, in a in a week would you say um i'll go in spurts you know for, for me you know I, people find this hard to believe because of all the other stuff that i do but 90% of the time I'm in here creating music yeah, um, or at a different studio. So like most of my time is spent in the studio creating. Um, and then the other 10% is the podcast and interviews with Kyle Beats and, you know, fucking <laughs> past the aux and shit. But uh, I- I'm in here. So so really it depends on what, what I'm in the mood for or what I'm working on that week. So um, rarely do I just like make beats all day um a lot of times it's something um specific to what i'm like currently working on so i'll give you an example like for the past two weeks it's it's i was kind of jumping all over the place like a lot two weeks ago i was in la working with tde for the tde sessions so i was locked in with them Mm -hmm. and then uh and then i came back and i started doing just beats for a specific artist um, and then last week I was working on um, my own music, mixing that stuff post-production like we were talking about earlier. Um, and then this week 
I was just creating loops, just like melodies with no drums. Yeah. Like pretty much the whole week. Um, and that was this week. So, so again, it, it just depends. But, but I will say, just to like put it into a number, there's a, there's days where like I'll do. Sometimes I'll do like three beats in one day. Yeah. Other days I'll do like fucking twenty. Wow. You know what I mean? Jesus. Like, it, like really, just yeah, kind of just like depends <laughs> on what it is. If I do three beats in one day, it's like a miracle. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, trust me, I'm good with three. But you know, you have those days where it's like. You just keep knocking them out, knocking them out. It's not a miracle, but it's just something that I, that I don't do. But I, I was going to say too earlier about the perfectionist thing. Um, that's why I do things like the podcast and I, I upload like beat making vlogs every other day. Um, and just little things like that, like Instagram videos. I've been trying to mess around on TikTok and, and uh, just experimenting with all these other things because i can it allows me to not be a perfectionist on on certain mm -hmm. things like when i say i'm going to upload every other day i'm going to do one podcast a week i'm going to do this like if something goes wrong on the upload i'm okay with it but i i'm putting a music video out on monday for example and i'm putting a song out and it allows me just to like kind of have that little like perfectionist not perfectionist but like kind of allows me to perfect it a little bit more than i would mm -hmm. um without going crazy but i've been i've been getting yeah. a little bit better at like not because i mix and master everything myself so i begin a little bit better at not like going crazy with that do, do you mix That's a lot good. do you mix down a lot of your stuff too like when you're making it i do i do yeah um one one big reason why i love pro tools is it forces me to mix while i create yeah so um so I'm, I'm mixing as I'm creating and going along. So by the time I'm done with the beat or the song, it's it's pretty much like 80 to 90% mixed. Yeah. Um, and where I want it to be, so. True. Um, what do you think about loops? What's your opinion on loops, people using loops? There's always such a, I don't really care, mm -hmm. but like there's always such a conversation going on about uh, producers just, Pulling a loop, throwing some drums mm -hmm. over it, making a beat, and then that's it. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it really just fucking doesn't matter, dude. Yeah, like make your own loop, use someone else's loops, do the drums. Don't do like it doesn't matter. You know, um, I think that the only people that matter are like other creative people, mm -hmm. but like most people don't give a shit yeah um so there's really there's really no um there's no benefit to uh to like even really caring about that conversation yeah <laughs> if that makes sense you know what i mean like yeah i mean like there's, i don't it's really like a care move, it's like yeah but i think it's really it's really interesting though that people do uh you know i think it's like a moot point it's like well i think it's like what when you, when you, you know? see like a deconstructed or, or like a whatever and uh or whatever type of video and someone breaks down the beat and, and and it was like produced by blah 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 and then you break it down and it's like oh this is this is actually a sample i thought you made it it's almost it almost like leaves people on this like disappointment thing where oh he didn't actually yeah but it's only us it's only us it's only creative people yeah you know we'll we'll judge other people and say <laughs> oh i can do that too or like oh they just looped it and then after an hour or a day, no one cares. Yeah, I think yeah, because I think I think when making music, yeah. it's it's not about um, 
it's not about being able to do the i always compare it to sports for some reason like Mm. fucking lebron james or like chris i played soccer so cristiano ronaldo they can do all these fucking crazy tricks and do the craziest shit ever but when they're out there playing they're not just doing the craziest tricks ever which would be like crazy hi-hats and crazy melodies and all this crazy Mm -hmm. effects and shit it's it's more it's more about doing the right things at the right time it's more about making that move at the right time and doing this that makes it so beautiful and that's what music is like it could just be one fucking note but if it's in the right place at the right time that's what makes this whole thing and that's what makes the whole song and that's what that's like the the x factors i always talk about of 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 what makes uh certain artists blow up certain beats work with songs and and certain producers and stuff like that it's just that x factor Mm -hmm. that you can't really put on paper because there's so many like artists that on paper should be successful you know what i mean but they just mm-hmm. for some reason they just aren't <laughs> it just doesn't yeah catch. yeah and, and it's it's a very interesting conversation too especially for a music producer you know we always want to just overproduce that's yeah. like what we want to do like it like like it's like it's like you know in our mind we're like i just want to go in and like because you just hear the next thing all the cre- i just want to flex yeah, yeah we, we just want to flex right but and that's okay like there's actually like kind of like a low key market for that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you have like people who appreciate super complex, very very like uh, uh, over sort of produced like kind of music. Um, there, there's a lane for that, but if we're talking into the conversation of producing songs, uh, getting placements, getting on billboard. I mean, shit like that. Like if that stuff is stuff you care about and you want to be that guy, then there's really just like, it's a different approach. And there's, there's a discipline of like taste level and, and simplicity. I think those are like the two determining factors, simplicity and taste level. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a lot of routes you can take now with, with all the stuff Mm -hmm. like, I, I I feel like I'm such a well-known producer on the internet and I don't have a single fucking big placement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. And, and but wait, which is, which is amazing because you're, you're, um, you, you're part of leading the charge of representing, uh, uh, a matrix, an ecosystem of people that exist that could be successful in one thing and not need, to, yeah, you know, have a huge record. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and I, I think that's another misconception too. Is like, people people think that like you have to like the end all be all is to just like have billboard plaques and like be be successful in that area. But that's you don't necessarily need that. It's to, it's almost to, to to be successful and to make a living. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? almost just like the fucking fans. It's almost just like if I went out and bought a sick car right now, then people would be like, mm-hmm. oh shit, Kyle's making money on the internet. When it's like, all right, now right. I have less money than I had before because I bought this car. It's almost like <laughs> if you had, it's almost like if you had, it, once you get those placements, it, it, it low key just gives you that like people just see it as a little bit more credibility. Even even this mm-hmm. podcast, like I've done stuff with internet people, and I did one with Taz, and I did one, with, but like even just having you on here, uh, is is just gonna give me that. People people have already messaged me just from the fucking Instagram story, just saying, oh shit, like you blah 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 when you know what i'm saying like nice. it just low-key gives you that like little bit more uh 
credibility even though you i know what you're saying like you don't actually need it but like in the back of your head it's always just fucking there like people that's just yeah people just think like that but yeah i mean because when, when you know when you when you think about it when you trace it all the way back to like when the music industry started um which was like i don't know the 30s or 40s or whatever the fuck <laughs> um like how did the music was, industry start <laughs> yeah i don't even fucking know someone just like, decided you know I mean? wanted to create a monopoly yeah. over it yeah, exactly. But I think it's like the idea of creating music and then scaling that enough to where like millions of people can hear it. Yeah. And that's what the industry is. Like that's what it means to be on Billboard. That's what it means to, you know, uh stream huge numbers and stuff like that. And this is not like a conversation of like major and independent, right? It's just like how can I produce music and scale the amount of people that listen to it right yeah um and for a lot of people that's the goal you know and so and and there's nothing wrong with that but but on the you know on the flip side it's interesting because you have guys like you and uh even my guy uh simon serveda who's like killing youtube (laughs) right now uh and like you know um there's a, a few guys out here that don't have like the plaques or placements yet but like have these like really really amazing uh followings and 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 a lot of times that's like where the real shit is like that's what matters you know what i mean so um that's really yeah i mean i mean i i think colliding those two worlds together is like fucking thanos you know what i mean yeah it's just because like dude (laughs) like the the thing i love about it is like the reason the reason i am a producer isn't because this is my I mean, I guess it was kind of some of my purpose, but it's not because I just, this is what I've been doing since my whole life or whatever. Like, it's just the thing that I enjoyed more than anything else. It's the thing that I always Mm -hmm. just kept coming back to. It's the thing that when the going gets hard, I, for some reason I pushed through it and I've tried everything. Like I can do like so many different things that I've taught myself how to do just from the internet and whatever but like the thing that i enjoy about it is is just like the freedom so that's why um i don't know like that's that's the and then because it's beats it's it's something i just kept coming back to and i don't know Mm -hmm. just like the freedom of it all and just being able to just fucking do whatever i want is 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 what i like about it it's not really And, and sometimes that's all you need man you know that's sometimes that's all you need like the 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 accolades are like a plus and and yes they'll give you more credibility and they'll make you feel better and you'll be you'll you'll probably make more money and all that stuff comes with it but i can guarantee you that if you're already doing what you love if you already have the freedom to wake up whenever you want and not have to stress and worry about working for someone and you don't have any big placements then like you've already won the game yeah you know I, mean? I mean that's like, why really i started have. with like apps and shit that was like the goal from the start is because i didn't think mm-hmm. it was possible with music i didn't think it was possible being a producer um so i like started with other things that i thought were just like mm-hmm. businesses like boston like that's nobody right. from where i'm from outside of boston is was making music at all like it was it's not even a discussion mm-hmm. like everyone's just fire firemen and like police officers and shit like yeah man like, shout to shout to my red sox fans you see the shirt you know what i'm saying yeah you're from you're from you new see, jersey right you see this i'm wearing this new york sweater right now you know what i'm saying <laughs> feel me no nah, um i'm from uh yeah i'm from new jersey but i've been in brooklyn for 10 yeah, years, yeah 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 so 
Uh, I think I'm almost at the point where I can kind of like kind of claim Brooklyn a yeah, little bit. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I'm not going to do that yet because <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> um, so what, what do you think um, – I don't want to phrase this. So I looked up I looked up on some website and it said your net worth was ten million dollars, which is a, <laughs> yeah. which is a lot of money. But I was gonna say, do you have any other like? Did you ever venture into other things, or is that primarily primarily through music? Yeah, um, I, I mean, no, it's it's really primarily music. But, yeah, um, I definitely have some investments. Like I have a, a set IRA account and, and some compound interest stuff. Um, that I'm doing with my money, but um, uh, you know, it's 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 really all rooted from music. What do you think? Like, what kind of is that from? Is that from royalties from BMI? From like, what 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 area do you think is like your? This is my shit. You know what I mean? Like that's so. Your... At, at at this point in time, you know, the the thing that I learned about being being rich, you know, and ha- and having freedom, you know, like millions tens of millions of dollars is like a lot of money but there's levels to getting to certain places right yeah so like when you there's some crazy statistic where it said um you can make what what was the number i think it was uh five you you would have to make like five million dollars per day and you can do that every day for the rest of your life and you still wouldn't be as rich as uh (laughs) jeff bezos crazy you know what i mean and 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 it's all numbers and so they and the reason why that that really hit me was because billionaires aren't rich because of the amount of work they put in per hour they're rich through a very limited um uh, uh uh category of of things and and those are stocks bonds investments you know what i mean compound interest um ownership ownership mm-hmm. is is the number one way to be super rich yeah is, so, so is that you what think you about, think you're what you yeah so the bottom of the barrel the bottom of the barrel is working for uh, a salary that's like and, and this is no disrespect to people who work salary no, i don't mean bottom of the barrel like rich people are better than you i'm just saying in terms of numbers the 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 least amount of money to make is to work off salary because you know how much you're going to make you're you're at a salary cap you're not going to make necessarily that taxes are getting taken out immediately (laughs) taxes are getting taken out you know what i mean which is fine which is totally fine but we're just talking in terms of 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 rich right yeah and then you have people who uh, do investments maybe you're a homeowner maybe uh, maybe you have a couple of CD accounts, you know what I mean, which which is cool, and that money grows over time. It's like free money. Um, and then you have, um, you know, investments and stocks and stuff and ownership, right? So like having ownership for uh, uh, an entity or ownership uh, of a property, or maybe you own music some too. shares. Yeah, maybe you own shares in like you know uh, Uber or some shit, right? Yeah. Or like some some tech shit. Which is fine. That that's going to increase even more, but but the thing that I realized for me, um, especially probably in the past like five or six years, was when um, my 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 income really started to like really skyrocket. And the thing I noticed about that was uh, it was due to 
the amount of revenue that I'm getting from various different places, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm generating revenue from royalties, from records I produce. Yep. I'm generating revenue from publishing, ASCAP. I'm generating revenue from quarterly checks uh, coming from my publisher. I'm signed to a publishing mm-hmm. company, which I own 100% of my publishing. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, really great term deal that I yep. signed with this company. So I'm getting checks from them. Um, I'm getting um, income from drum kits every month. I'm getting mm-hmm. income from pass the aux tickets every month. I'm getting income from uh, uh, what's that called? Um, sound exchange. Mm-hmm. It's another income stream. Uh, what is that I again? Forgetting. I know what that is, but I forget what it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a com- a third party company that collects. Um, it's another form of collecting like royalties, okay, yeah, yeah. Like plays and streams yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's six right there that I just named. Yeah. Six different yeah, cause those add revenue. Up. And they all add up, you know what I mean? And you're not and crippled so if one of them goes away. <laughs> I'm not crippled. I'm not super, but, but at the same time, uh, the thing that feeds all five of those, all f- six of those things is making music. Yeah. Right? Because if I stop making music, then... I'm still gonna money is still gonna come in. Like I can I can literally not do anything for the rest of my life and I could probably live pretty decent. But if I stop making music, then people are gonna um and this is my belief, I think people are gonna start to lose interest in the the drum kits. I think people are gonna start to lose interest in pastel hawks. They're gonna start to kind of slowly lose interest in what I'm doing. And I think because I'm an active music producer that's what sort of reinvigorates all of the uh, different parts so of my business. fuels everything, yeah. It's sort of the fuel for everything, and that's why I spend most of my time creating music, because the music is like my lifeblood. Yeah. You know I, mean? I feel you, man. That's like, <laughs> for me, <coughs> yeah. it's like the vlogs and the, and the beats, like making beats. Yeah, for, and if you notice, exactly, and if you notice, I'm not on Splice. People ask me all the time, like, why are you not on Splice? Why are you not on this? Why on that? I mean, I have so much respect for Splice. I think it's an amazing platform, and I have a membership too. Like, I use Splice all the time. But I don't sell on Splice because I believe in ownership, right? Um, I The revenue is goes directly to me, and, and, and I'm providing directly to the people that care, right? And so I, don't, I choose to not, you know, be on a, a platform like Splice or any other platforms like that, so. And... I mean, Splice could just go go away too. You're relying on some other. Yeah, I'm not relying on anything. All all of my all of my platforms live on Shopify, which which again I don't own Shopify, but you. But know, you own the data. They're, they're you own all this like. I own the data. Yeah, the I domain, have all the data. The domain, all the emails, all that stuff. All the emails, the the whole list. I mean, you know how it is. You you, yeah. you get to own all that stuff. So it's really it's really valuable. And Splice is millions of dollars in debt, anyways. <laughs> I mean, I don't know their financial business, but who knows, man? I looked. I looked it up. They have like a. They got like a lot of investments. There's like some random startup company website. That's pretty intense. Pretty intense. But I mean, I love their platform. It's not debt. It's investments. But I was just yeah, just totally fun knowledge that I that I know because I'm a. I look up weird stuff like that. Um, That's cool. What advice would you give to someone who? 
saw your pass to ox vlog listens to your podcast who freaking has listened to love yours 464,000 times they've watched my videos and now they're listening to this podcast and they're like man tomorrow i want to make beats and i want to be a producer what advice would you give to them just coming straight off the at the beginning man i mean <laughs> there, there's so much as you know i think that we tend to complicate things that aren't that complicated so i would say if you want to be a music producer then produce music you know uh um dedicate most of your time to producing music and don't be afraid to um don't be afraid to dive in head first and don't think that you have to ask permission to do it you know um i think i think most people just block themselves from being a music producer in the beginning because they they pile on all these different um requirements they're like mm. well i need to make money i yeah. need to make my parents happy i need to go to school i need to get a job and, and and you know everyone's got different cards that they're dealt life could be real like you might have kids you have to feed you have a mortgage whatever it is right but i think you want to stop making excuses and you have to dive in and fucking produce music and just go head first and go for it yeah and i think that's like the the answer that most people don't want to hear but take it from someone who did that who had all the odds against them and i see it happen countless times to so many people um you have to just kind of dive in and don't be afraid to fuck up and try different things you know uh and and you're never gonna know like when your moment will be you're yeah. not supposed to know you know like my moment came years later you know like i thought my moment was june mm -hmm. like i thought okay cool i'm about to be a millionaire you know what i mean like yeah. and this was 2006 and then freaking like, four years yeah. later or no more, yeah, right? Four was years it 2010 later. or 12 yeah. was the... Nah, 12. Yeah. Like, that was Some more. eight years later. Yeah. You know, another four... Uh, six, six, that six. Was six. Another six years Damn, until that's I fucking really crazy. had like, <laughs> Thinking about my that. moment. You know what I mean? Three yeah, years ago, dude, I wasn't and, even and Kyle Beats. <laughs> bro, it's crazy, man. It's a long-term game, you know? And so, so yeah, man, I, I wouldn't... Just don't overthink it and, like, don't do it because it's cool. Like, if you think this is cool, try it and, like, see if you love it. But, but but I think my, my biggest piece of advice would be to, if you're young and you're just getting into this, um, go and try stuff. Try different things, you know, and, and, and fall in love with something. And, and if, it's, if you fall in love with something that you can't stop thinking about, then, like, that's probably your calling. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the messages I get are people asking me how that their parents don't believe in them and they don't think this is realistic and uh, how do I convince my parents to let me do this or they need money to invest so they're but it's just like you have to just like f for example a story my story that I always tell them is the situation I'm in right now like two years ago my mom got uh, stage four brain cancer and mm. fucking everything this I was in the process of moving to LA so I moved back home 
to like obviously i was this is the time when i was making a thousand bucks a week selling beats just on instagram no youtube channel really yet and so like um like now i fucking i was the reason because i sold beats and did because she wanted me to get a job obviously all this stuff like the classic everything um but because i did my own thing i was able to stay home and, and help take care of her and now like i'm making enough money to to help support any way possible like even right now at 2 30 i'm gonna be with her the rest of the day um wow so that's usually the story i tell you tell her and like that's and, amazing and like shit just changes like when that ha when that happens in someone's family like your 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 life changes and everything so like now i'm just out here fucking by myself and it's like i'm glad i'm ignorant and <clears throat> can't couldn't do anything else besides listen to my gut because i don't know that's usually the story i tell but yeah that's just something that holds wow, people back that that's really that's really inspiring man and and i'm, I'm really you know prayers prayers up to to your mom man thanks man yeah it's been a while it's been like yeah. two and a half years now that i've been every wow. single day <laughs> like recording a video be with her like me and my sister kind of like my sister's a nurse so she um is here to help and so when she works i'm with my mom and when uh she's not working wow we moved in together and everything got a house together and crazy shit that's amazing <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy man and you know like like we were saying you know everyone's dealt different cards and the fact that you have you made a decision three years ago to do this that allowed for you to have the freedom financial freedom and also freedom to say you know what i'm gonna spend the rest of the day with my mom like that's you can't you can't like put a price on that man yeah that's like that's that's so amazing dude so so kudos to you man that's that's great but yeah man freaking thank you for coming on this podcast dude this is one of the best ever my opinion cool cool man yeah shout to shout to all all the uh kyle beats fans and stands out there where can you know? uh where can uh people go follow you if they don't already follow you so just go to just search ill mind producer one word on every platform um obviously you go to my youtube channel um uh, uh the real so it's ill mind vision so youtube.com backslash ill mind vision or just type ill mind in YouTube. i'll put all this in the page. description as well yep you'll see it in the description down below but um yeah just just search ill mind man you know google me you find me <laughs> let's get it if you're, my if, seo is pretty good <laughs> if you're doing a good job they should find you right um exactly but yeah thank you for coming on here appreciate it thank you guys for listening watching viewing if you're not subscribed wherever you're listening watching or viewing uh make sure you go do that and until the next one thank you for listening thanks for coming on bro yes sir peace yeah peace Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, this is a good one. Shout out to Illmind for coming through and um, coming through via the internet and doing it. If you haven't checked out the video version, if you like watching videos, I have a video version that takes me forever. And that's why these podcasts don't go out weekly and they've been kind of going out bi-weekly, bi but I'm trying to change that. Um, so yeah, make sure you subscribe on whatever you're listening to this on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and um it's lit. leveling up shout out to Illmind for coming through and until the next one hear from you guys in the next one peace